When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend editions here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment. Financing needs go currency. Behind me, Bama and Tennessee on in the background. Impressive win by Illinois. Michigan flexing. And Nebraska a chance to make some noise in a good way tonight in West Lafayette. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And hope you're doing all right on this Saturday afternoon. It's not as windy as uh, the last couple of days, at least here in Lincoln, but it's just perfect, man. There's all sorts of color out, the gold, the, the yellow, the, the red. I mean, fall's just fantastic. I've, uh, I've had Junior taxi me around, all right? We've had a couple of different errands to run with football on the radio on ESPN Lincoln, uh, the Michigan-Penn State game. So I, I have been smoking since about 11 and i got uh, the the short ribs and the baby back ribs all rubbed uh frank's hot sauce for the short ribs some mustard for yellow mustard for mm. the baby backs fellas and uh we are we are rounding third on on the smoked meats uh and uh, so i may have to sneak out here and 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 pull them off but right now it's just on the smoke setting so I'm excited for a dynamite football game and to, to, to absolutely pig out tonight. Uh, these fall football ball games are, are a lot of lot of fun for night, night action. There, there is something to mention here. That's the fact that you said you've been smoking since 11 and rubbing ribs. You could either be home or at Shakers, and it, you wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. You could be the exact same description. <laughs> Couldn't well, tell. We, we, there's a moment of silence for the, uh, as Carson used to call it, the, uh, what did he call it, the... Uh, was that a toy store? <laughs> it was a pink building. He's like, is that a oh, toy wait. store, Daddy? He's like, yeah, like, could well, be, could be, son. Depends on could your be. definition. Uh, so yeah. the, the moment of silence is there, but no, I mean, I, I am not um, throwing ones at people. I'm talking about smoked meats and <laughs> okay. all their glory. Good, good. You know, I did. You guys watch Purdue, Maryland? Did you watch that game? Have you watched the, it, end. the BTN in 60 or any, any of that? Yeah, saw the end. Okay. Is it just me or is this maybe one of the least impressive Purdue teams of the past few years? I'm serious. I, I know that they – look, I know where they're at. I, I get that they're, you know, favored and all that, but I am not concerned that Purdue has some sort of personnel advantage really anywhere. Payne um, Durham frightens I, me. Who does? Their tight end. He's now they scheme him way the hell open. 
Yes. But he's, you know, but he's not, he's not some explosive athlete that you can't cover. Charlie Jones doesn't look like he's healthy. You know, he's, he's battling something. They, they don't have a David Bell, a Rondale Moore. They, they don't have that right now. And Aiden O'Connell, pretty accurate, but he's pretty risk averse too. Like the guy isn't, he's not going to go out there and like put the team on his back and go win a game, like knock on wood. It, he doesn't strike you as that kind of guy. He he throws the ball away a lot. <laughs> he dumps down to backs. So he's efficient, right? He's an efficient quarterback. He, he's he's not going to hurt you a whole lot, but he's not. That's not Pat Mahomes, y'all. Like it's you know, <laughs> I, they, they just look they they just look they look ordinary they, to you. They look pretty ordinary. They look like a they don't look like a bad team, but they don't mm-hmm. look like some great team or some good team really. Well, um, I, their I, running I, game I, it, is trash. It's okay just, to be confident, you know. But Nebraska, I, Nebraska's not been special either, Mark. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. I, yeah. So it's all relative. I, I get that. But for instance, like walking into Oklahoma, I'm just like boat race. This is terrible. Bad matchup. It was obvious, right? Like that Oklahoma mm-hmm. was going to smoke Nebraska. I don't see that today. I don't see that unless Nebraska lays a mental egg. I don't know, man. I think they got a shot. And if they, and if they pick up, you know, pick got, up a dog here on the road, that'd be crazy. Listen, they, they have a shot. The thing that they got to do is protect Casey and handle the atmosphere, right? Different atmosphere from Rutgers. You were home against Indiana. This is your – Nebraska's done a lot of nice things under Mickey. Yep. This is going to be your most hostile environment to date. Yep. And it's going to be a monster step up if you're Nebraska trying to handle the noise, the adversity, and uh, the emotion. Vic asks, Mark Cranach, are you in the visiting room of a detention center? Cranach <laughs> is, is in the uh, in the basement. Artez Craig says, Chris, you're making me hungry. And uh, that was part of the plan. I will show you guys uh, the ribs here. Uh, when I have to go check on him here in about uh, an hour or so. Uh, a gloriously sunny jaunt to the stadium. Let's bring in Connor Clark with us here on the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Connor, you got your earbuds in. Are you touring campus? Well, we just got here about five minutes ago, so we were just trying to find a good spot to do this from. But I found a pretty good spot in the quad, so I, I can't complain. Okay, so here's my question: Can you, could you? Well, shoot, you're not 21 yet. I wanted to see him actually go order a Boilermaker live on radio and, and stream. I'll have your dad go order a Boilermaker. I don't want you going to jail. I'll, I'll let him know. I'll let him know. There's a more terrifying place. You can either be in a detention center in Omaha, like Mark, or in a jail cell in West Lafayette. I don't know which sounds worse. <laughs> <laughs> That's up for debate. You can flip a coin. Well, to tell so me a little. The... I just want to hear a little bit about the town of West Lafayette. I've yeah. never, I've never made the visit. Um, it sounds like it's a, it's a pretty easy trip over from Chicago. I know uh, Brady Oltman's from Hale Varsity is making that trip this morning as well. Not many people stay in West Lafayette. It sounds like it's a, it's a small college town. Just set the scene for us. What's the, the vibe like in West Lafayette? And what's just the city like? Yeah, I mean, I've been here a couple of times before, and it's a really nice college town. The campus is really, really nice. I'm a big fan of it. And every time I come here for a football game, the atmosphere has been pretty good. Um, I've seen a decent amount of red here, which is also nice, but – yeah, it's not a place where 
you'll see a lot of people settle down. It's more of a kind of come and go type of place, um, unlike Lincoln. So it's it's more of your traditional, you know, the, the college is here, and that's like the, the mainstay of West Lafayette. Um, but overall, I mean, it, it's really nice out here, and I enjoy coming to games here. Connor Clark with us here on Hale Varsity. He is on site in West Lafayette. He's on assignment. Elijah Herbal back at our studios. Mark Cranach in his Husker Den. Chris Schmidt uh, at uh, Or apparently at an home. intention center. That's why I turned the background a little bit so you can see some depth. That's fine. That well, well, what a nice there. It's got a little game room in the background so you can go play foosball or whatnot with the inmates. Love Foo- that. Right. Foosball, <laughs> uh, as Killer it's called. Center. Foosball. So... What's the uh, the town like from a from a red standpoint? How much Nebraska flavor have you seen? You said you just got here. You're wandering around campus, talking to yourself, holding your phone, so you look pretty uh, pretty intense right now. <laughs> Hopefully, folks know that you're doing a a radio hit. But you see much red, at least in the limited time you've uh, you've settled. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen red just walking across here in front of me while, while I've been doing this. And we saw a pretty good amount of it um, in the parking garage that we just parked in. So I think there's going to be a pretty good amount of red in the stadium, fingers crossed. Um, even saw a couple of custom-made Nebraska cornhole boards, which was pretty cool. Um, so in the short five, ten minutes that I've been here, seen a, seen a good amount of big red representation. And, I mean, obviously that that's expected to a certain extent as well. Um, and, and there's definitely been a history of Nebraska fans showing up pretty well here at Purdue. And I think a lot of them come over from Chicago, just like I did today. It's a, it's a pretty quick trip, as Elijah mentioned. The only tough part is you know, getting through the city of Chicago. And after that, it's you, you're home free. So um, I, I think there's going to be a good amount of red here tonight. Connor Clark with us, and he's uh, in West Lafayette, Indiana, before Nebraska and Purdue. What's what's your take on Purdue? Having seen, we just spent some time before you jumped on Connor. Of just honestly, they look pretty ordinary. I, I don't think they're great. I don't think they're terrible. I don't think they have a lot of explosive athletes. I think Aiden O'Connell is just sort of a he's good. He's fine. He's not this. It's not Tom Brady though, right? Like they don't have Rondale Moore. They don't have a David Bell. What's your assessment of of the the team that Nebraska is up against today, and whether or not they have a shot? Yeah, Purdue is an interesting team. You mentioned they're not as good maybe as I thought they would be in the preseason, but I think they're still a team that you have to respect. They've won three in a row. They've had you know injury issues a little bit with O'Connell this year, but when he's in, he usually plays pretty well. Um, something that stuck out to me against their game against Maryland. He's, he got sacked five times last week, and I think that's going to be a point of emphasis here tonight. Now, obviously, Nebraska has had its problems with the pass rush all season long, but you know, Purdue's a veteran team on both sides of the ball. Jeff Brom knows what he's doing. It, the question is, how is he going to be able to assess what Mickey brings to the table because it's a brand-new face and a, really kind of a brand-new identity. This has felt like two seasons in one already, and we're only halfway done here. So the, the Purdue team that Nebraska will face tonight is – a beatable team it just depends on how nebraska can handle as chris said earlier the environment and just kind of the, the veteran aspect of this purdue team because you know they, they've been here for a while and they've, they've seen success which is something that this purdue program hasn't really had sustainably for, for the past 10 or so years what's the weather like i mean it looks sunny and glorious now have you sprayed your hair down or is it windy at all 
it's a little windy. Um, it's about mid fifties right now and sunny. I think it's going to get down to the low fifties, upper forties around game time when the sun goes down. Um, but I mean, you can't complain. Uh, it could be worse. Could be rainy. So overall, pretty good <laughs> fall afternoon for football. Well, you'd argue that that raining it wouldn't be worse. It actually probably be better for Nebraska. Well, it, it, rain, it, rainy and windy it, sounds ideal. When it comes to technicalities of the game, yeah, sure. But if somebody's going to be in the stands, I I'll take this. <laughs> Connor Clark with us. Find him on Twitter at C underscore Clark underscore 27. He is on site on assignment uh, in West Lafayette, uh, Nebraska and Purdue. A race for the West. Uh, Minnesota dealt a blow a little bit ago, not only with their quarterback, but uh, getting beat 26-14 by the pig farmer. Illinois gets uh, to put their feet up for a week. Nebraska will do the same. And uh, that game two weeks from today, Nebraska-Illinois looms. But first things first, Nebraska-Purdue. And uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts here. We'll go around the horn on this. What's a a number for you with Anthony Grant? Is it going to be 30 for 90? Does he need a couple of big runs? Uh, What's General Grant need to do? on the ground here what's acceptable what what provides some balance for nebraska run game wise and i bring that up because you just don't know right penn state had a great defense going into michigan right penn state despite not not their fault who they played but when push came to shove they got rocked for 400 yards on the ground today against michigan right penn state isn't going to be that bad again this season you don't think but they had to be good today against the run with, with any shot to win. I'm, I'm fast-forwarding to Nebraska-Purdue, and Purdue's not great at, at running the football. How, how true is the Purdue number with, with stopping the run? What can get done? What needs to get done? Cranach, start us off. You know, Anthony Grant has to get untracked. It's It's been different for him the last two games. He's been getting the ball quite a bit. He hasn't broken anything past, I think, what, seven yards, maybe seven. 11? Uh, yeah, he's just he's, he's not getting the kind of room that he needs right now. That would be super helpful uh, if they could actually get something going on the ground. I think I think you can get Purdue on the ground. They're, against the run, they're okay. But I think Maryland exposed them in quite a few areas, namely in athleticism. I don't think it's a very athletic team that Purdue has right now. I don't think it's a very fast defense that they have either. They have a very big physical secondary. That That's kind of the strength of, of their team from, from what I can tell. Um, so it, it feels like you can spread them out and you can get something done on the ground with them, especially a guy like Anthony Grant who can make people miss when you consider that, that Purdue, again, not super athletic. I think they're prone to that. Um, there were Maryland guys that were breaking some tackles against them with some regular. They could have easily lost that game to Maryland, like easily lost that game. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I, I would like to see Nebraska be able to commit to something on the ground. Nebraska runs the ball, by the way, like third most carries per game in the Big Ten for as pass happy as we think Mark Whipple is. They do actually commit to the run as much, if not more than everybody else in the conference. Um, so I think they will try to keep it on the ground, and you'll see if Grant can finally finally get something going um, because it's been a couple games for him. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here and say that I don't think it's necessarily about feeding Grant often, but it is about giving him an opportunity. I, I, I'm going to agree with what Searle said a little bit earlier this week whenever he jumped on the show with us, that I, I think Nebraska more than likely uses that short, quick passing game to set up their rushing attack. And I think it's more important that Anthony Grant get, uh, get some chunk plays on the ground. I think that's going to be big because I think that's where Nebraska is going to get Purdue uh, is with those chunk plays because I, I think Nebraska's game plan is going to be try to keep the, the defense of Purdue honest, make, force them to have two high safeties with what they do in the air. So I think it's going to come down to Anthony Grant getting, say, 100 yards, I'll say somewhere in that, that 17 to 20 rushes. 17 to 20 rushes for 100 yards, throwing a couple chunk plays. I think he's doing his job there, and uh, that'll give Nebraska a great SP to win as long as Casey Thompson can be efficient. If we're talking somewhere in the 70 to 75% completion percentage, it uh, doesn't have to be a whole bunch of yards, but just be able to keep this offense in rhythm and let Grant get loose just a couple times. I'm talking those 20, 25-yard runs. Mm -hmm. If he can rip off two of those, maybe even a third tonight, uh, that'd, that'd be a lot from him. But I think that's what he has to do. It's not about uh, pounding the rock for four or five yards against this Purdue defense. It's about keeping your offense in rhythm, keeping the chains moving, and occasionally giving you a, yourself a chunk play to get yourself down in the red zone where you can go get some points. So that's what I think Anthony Grant needs to do. Less about how much he gets the ball, but more, more importantly is what he does with that ball and how many touches he gets. I think he needs a couple chunk plays. It's a quality, yeah, would quantity agree. conversation, right, Connor? Yeah, I mean, it's it doesn't matter how many carries he gets per se if the yard number is there, obviously. Um, I would like to see him get the ball a lot tonight, though. As Elijah said, 17 to 20 carries, it would be a good number for him. I'm going to echo what Bill Dolman had to say with me earlier this week. I talked to him on Thursday, and he said yardage-wise, 75 to 110 is kind of what we're looking for mm -hmm. from Anthony Grant. I agree, and I think that's right in the wheelhouse. I think he can accomplish that. And you know what Nebraska can do when he accomplishes that. Um, obviously, we didn't see that last week against Rutgers. That was an ugly game. Personally, I think if Nebraska is able to make this an ugly game, they could win this game. But if Grant can get to that 75, 100, 110-yard mark with about 20 or so carries, I think that's your bread and butter right there. And I think Grant can do that. And if you do with that, if you do that with Grant, uh, you will see a tremendous amount of success offensively. But I'll, Listen, I'll, I'll, hey, I'm sorry, Mark. Go hey. for it. Just real quick, you're, you're looking last two weeks for for as well and for for how how things have turned around for the Nebraska program overall since the Oklahoma game. You're 51 totes for a buck 15 against Indiana, 29 for 72 last week. I mean, the ground game's broken right now. <laughs> right? It's not it's not work. You you're, you can't pass protect, and apparently you can't run block either. <laughs> when you com when you combine those two things, that ain't good. So I I would not be surprised if knowing that if we see something different from the offense tonight in terms of getting Casey on the move, doing more play action, doing some waggle, um, you you, you kind of have to at this point, <laughs> right? You, I mean you can't just let you can't let Purdue just pin their ears back and crush Casey Thompson and ragdoll them all over the place in the first half like that you ju you can't allow that to happen you got to get them on the move and i think maybe because of that you might see some creases you might you might get a few chances on the ground because whatever they've been doing offensively protection wise run block wise is an abject failure <laughs> and they have to fix it so i think you'll see some new stuff from them today here's here's really what you need fellas and elijah you jump in and then connor will let you get on your way fake id and all brother um <laughs> well there's there's going to be some shot plays nebraska will want to take okay 
And can you get time on a given play like you did against Rutgers to go up top for 27 yards, right? The go-ahead. When you go up that 71-yarder against Indiana that put you, broke the tie, you had enough time for a deep drop and then long enough for Palmer to get open. You're not going to do it all the time, but you need to, you need to be three for five tonight with that play call and hit it. And you need to be able to protect it when you call it and hit it. Otherwise, you can dink and dunk and find Vokalek and find Grant and Yant and move the quarterback to your point mark on a rollout. I mean, it's all there. I mean, there's offense that Whipple can call that can really stay ahead of the chains and be pitch and catch. But you got to have moments where you are able to protect and, 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 and take a shot or two. Hit some big plays. Sorry, was I supposed to jump in first here? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I'm so <laughs> sorry about that. I thought we were going to Connor first and then to me. Uh, so I'll just say, yeah, and this kind of goes back to my point I said about the Anthony Grant chunk plays, where it's, it's quality over quantity with those. And I'll say the same through the passing game. And at the end of the day, I really think it's – a little bit crazy to sit here and talk about what the offense needs to do tonight because I think there's going to be a bigger strain on this defense to go get stops from from the Purdue offense. Because if Purdue puts up, I think, 28 points today, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball in terms of winning. The defense has got to step up and keep Purdue uh, below that 28 number. That's the number I'll set it at. If, if you hold Purdue to 24 points, I think you give yourself a great chance to win. And that's whenever you can start talking about, man, how is Nebraska's efficiency in, in the deep passing game whenever they do decide to pull out that shot play to Palmer or maybe a shot play to Tommy Hill uh, who could be factored in here. But it, it comes down to the defense giving the offense a, a chance to, to make those plays worthwhile, in my opinion. Because if you find yourselves down to Purdue by 14, 17 points in the first half, it's going to completely throw you off your offensive rhythm. They're going to be able to, to really unload the box, give Anthony Grant his touches and say, you know what, beat us through the air. That's how you're going to beat us whenever we have a, a big lead like this. So that's what it comes down to, to me whenever you're talking about getting things going in the passing game. If you're down by 14 points, you're going to really struggle to get those types of plays that you want to get going in the passing game because that's what Purdue's going to be looking for. So along with the passing game, in order to get that going, Nebraska has to keep this a game. They, they can't let Purdue jump out in this one and, and build up a lead because you're going to struggle to play from behind against Purdue, especially with what we know about the Nebraska offense. Good point. That's a great take. Connor, we'll let you get on with your folks and appreciate you jumping on here from West Lafayette. Connor Clark on assignment as he is on a roadie to West Lafayette. Give me a prediction here and how's it go tonight? We may bother you for real red reaction. We may send up a, a bat signal post game if this thing goes the, the way Nebraska fans want it to. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be closer than that 14-point spread indicates, which I think is a little large. I think Purdue ends up winning. I have them by a field goal. If you want me to put a score on it, I'll go 27-24. But I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think both teams know what kind of meeting is in this game. And we've talked about it during the week and, and the weeks prior, too. It seems like the guys in the Nebraska locker room are starting to believe again. And I think that's a big factor. And so this is going to be an entertaining at times old school, I think, Big Ten football game, and, and I'm really looking forward to it. Connor, sports betting is legal in Indiana. Are you putting down anything on that plus 14 number? <laughs> I should. I really should, but I'm not going to. 
There's a kiosk right before you walk in. Connor Clark in West Lafayette. Connor, enjoy your time, man. Thanks for jumping on. Will do. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, right. Connor. There he is, Connor yeah. Clark from West Lafayette. We will spend time with Brandon Vogel to Elijah's point here. What's uh, what's the, the, the word on the Nebraska defense? We know from Mickey that there's no black shirts this year. Uh, duly noted. What kind of performance can they give tonight? What do they need to do? We'll check in with Brandon Vogel. Weekend edition continues. Hail Varsity were presented by Currency. Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th Annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a cure. to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranick. Back with you, Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. I have pulled the uh, short rib off of uh, the smoker. Ooh. And we're going to have to How's, the, t- how's the tenderness? Well... <laughs> Wow. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, That's pretty good. Yeah, Darren was yeah. telling me how he, uh, he, he he pulled the best-looking short ribs that he had and, and mm-hmm. put them all to the side for you. I'm so. going to hug Darren <laughs> when I see him next. I'm going to have to put foil over these things and keep them moist. Brandon Vogel right now is pretty much our official Hail Varsity pitmaster aficionado connoisseur. Vogues, um, I've always bothered you for barbecue advice and you're the man that always says go with frank's red hot or some sort of hot sauce to be your binder with um with beef when you smoke beef and you're uh you're on the money brother (laughs) how are you doing i'm doing i'm doing well um that that is always the playbook mustard with pork uh Hot sauce with beef and you know, chicken. You can you can play around a little bit. I I also really enjoy that the hot sauce with the chicken. It adds a nice little a nice little something something to your chicken whenever you're smoking it up. That that's a good one. That the hard part with chicken is if you're doing a whole chicken, getting the skin crispy. That's your difficult part. Yeah. But you know what? The flavor is so much better. I, I'm I'm planning on doing a, a pulled pork tomorrow, and I'm also going with the uh, the mustard binder. I went and got the uh, the Whataburger mustard. Uh, they, okay. they sell it at High V, so that's gonna be my mustard binder. I'm really looking forward to a pulled pork and an NFL Sunday, and stealing all Schmidt's barbecue tonight for the Husker game. Uh, big thanks to Ryan John, uh, his Twitter handle. Remember Denny's? He had somebody, uh, some friends, hook us up with some seasoning out of Norfolk, uh, my dad's hometown in Norfolk, and we used it on these short ribs. So it's incredible. To football we go. Sorry, we have we have turned into um, kind of a, a tailgate smoked meat moment there for a moment of silence because it's really, really good. Uh, Vogue's defense, right? Defense is what wins championships. Uh, Nebraska's defense, a far, far cry from what they were in Ireland or against Georgia Southern. They've been really good in the second half. 
What do you think about uh, the big red tonight when it comes to getting after the quarterback, making some some splash plays, some shock plays, kind of on the the heels of, of what Maryland was able to do from a harassment standpoint? Yeah, they've, they've got a chance. Um, Purdue has been a little bit sack prone, particularly here of late. Um, you know, Maryland's traditionally a pretty athletic team on both sides of the ball. And I think that's certainly the case, perhaps even more the case with this 2022 team. So uh, they were able to create some havoc that way. You know, the big challenge with Purdue is they're, they're a team that ranks 11th in pass attempts per game, but just 80th in yards per game, which tells you that, a lot of quick hitters, a lot of stuff to the sidelines. So, you know, a lot of those pass attempts, there's just – it's going to be hard to get to the quarterback. So, you got to take advantage of the opportunities that you do get. Um, you know, defensively, I think the biggest ask here probably for Nebraska tonight is – What's what's it going to look like at corner? Is Quentin Newsom able to go? Is he able to give it a try? Because otherwise, you get pretty young there pretty quick, and it's also be a challenge for those linebackers who you know you're hoping can get after the quarterback, but are also going to have to make plenty of tackles coming pretty close to full speed from inside out. So that's what Purdue makes you do, and uh, they're pretty good at it. They've been doing it for a while under Brown. You know, they're they're an interesting watch, you know, especially against Maryland, too. They're throwing it to the backs a lot more than I think they, they used to, or at least they did in that game. Uh, Durham worries you at tight end a little, but mainly because he gets schemed open. They, it just feels – Brendan, it seems like the least athletic Purdue offense, though, that I've seen in a while. A- Aiden O'Connell, for instance, to me, he is an average quarterback – who is playing his sixth year? So he's got he's got some mental acuity, some advantages there. But I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like Nebraska is facing anything that's great today. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And you know he he was lights out last year and it's taken. I mean he's he hasn't fallen off dramatically, but I think you're seeing a little bit of you know quarterbacks can get a little bit streaky and nobody had really high expectations for Purdue last year and they kind of came out of nowhere, played really good defense and took advantage of it but you're right defense or offensively you know there's not a rondale Moore this year there's not a david bell um they've still got still got guys that can that can hurt you charlie jones of course has been i think he's already got 50 receptions on the year um seven touchdowns iowa's throwing two all season so that must feel great for him (laughs) as a former iowa wide receiver um so you know it's Brom's really good at this. He's a really good play caller. Uh, they're going to do what they do, and it's up to Nebraska. And I'll add, you know, they don't run the ball often, but from an efficiency standpoint, I think this is the best produced run game has looked in three, four, five years. Yeah, it's not. And then you, you look on the other side of the ball, and and uh, defensively for, actually, not the other side of the ball. Sorry, defensively for Nebraska. First four games, they had I think it was fourteen tackles for loss. They have 13 in the last two. First four games, they had four sacks. Last two, they have six. Do you trust that, or is that – do you think that's a hallmark of Nebraska's defense? Like, they found something to where they can get in the backfield and they can ca- start causing more havoc, or is that a result of just, you know, good matchups against the last two opponents? It might be a little bit of the latter, but I think it. I think the bigger thing is, is I think it's they're being given the opportunity to do that more. Mm-hmm. Um, Nebraska's dialed up more pressures more frequently. 
uh, since Bill Bush has taken over. And, you know, I think that's something you, it makes a lot of sense to play that way. You know, you've got this season, everything's still on the table for you going into tonight's game. But, you know, uh, one way or another, there's going to be a bunch of change somewhere along the line at the end of the year. So you might as well take your swings, especially with the defense that still going into this game is giving up 5.9 yards per play. And, and a lot of that's residual from the first four games. Sure. Um, they were under that number, you know, against, against Indiana and Rutgers, neither of which is uh, the, the 83 Nebraska offense by any means, but – that's 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 all you can do is is get a little better each time out, and Nebraska is going to have to do that, I think, if it wants to come away from West Lafayette with a win again. I'll jump in here, Schmitty, as uh, you finish off that that rib. For anyone watching <laughs> on the stream, you can just see Schmitty absolutely go into town on one of those beef short ribs. That's been fun to watch. But Brandon, I want to ask you about a place where where. I think it goes against what Mark said. Mark said that for the most part, this Nebraska team uh, probably out athletes Purdue, but but Purdue has the 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 talent or not the talent, sorry, the the experience and the execution advantage in a lot of places based on what I've seen. But I think the exception to that rule is along the defensive line. I think Purdue's defensive line probably does out athlete what I've seen from the Nebraska offensive line so far this year. Uh, so my, my question to you is: with as important as offensive line play is in the Big Ten. Could that be a nail in the coffin for Nebraska's hopes? Just the fact that they're probably out-athleted in the one place in the Big Ten you don't want to be out-athleted. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's a like non-starter for Nebraska, but it's it's probably the biggest issue I think facing this this Huskers offense going into this game. Um, <clears throat> it would be a bigger issue if Nebraska were running the ball well coming in, which they aren't. Uh, at at the moment, um, I mean this this Purdue defense has been lights out against against the rush this season. Uh, top ten in rushing success rate. I think their explosive run rate is under ten percent, which you know fifteen percent is pretty average. So they they've just shut teams down that way. And we know that Anthony Grant is back when given a, just <laughs> the smallest of opportunities can make things happen, but Nebraska hasn't been able to do that the past two games, and it's not for lack of trying. So that's one where Purdue's really good there. Nebraska isn't, and I, I look at this as Nebraska's probably going to have to go over that front seven and that D-line in particular. But it comes into play there, of course, with just how much pressure we've seen Casey Thompson have. Um, and that, that makes things pretty tough. So I almost wonder if Nebraska doesn't take a little a page out of Purdue's book here and look to a little bit more quick hitting, a little bit more horizontal passing, at least early, to, to try and slow things down a little bit from that defensive front, which I agree with you, is, is pretty talented and good. Brandon Vogel with us here, weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio. Um, Mom is saying no to the short ribs. So that's more for the rest of the carnivores that are coming over. She is going to call Lazari's stat and get some pizza, which is great. Her loss. Um, it, so, yeah, it's it's going to be good. Vogues, what, uh, what's your take on, on the – the coaching carousel. You've got Maddie Campbell, who's lost four in a row. Leipold's lost two in a row. Great comeback against Oklahoma, honestly. Aranda's at four and four. That was dirty <laughs> on Thursday night in West Virginia, how that thing went down. 
Uh, Climbing in K-State, they're, they're playing good ball. But honestly, I mean – Mike all Tomlin's of, one and four. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all just saying. Hot na- all of the hot names, brother, are, are, are hitting a wall right now. So – you just wonder. Saban's trailing Tennessee right now. No, I yeah I know that's it's what is it twenty one to ten yeah twenty one to yeah. ten. He's yeah. losing his mind right now. Saban's absolutely jumping up and down. Ripped his headset off. No one is safe at halftime. I promise you that. Do you believe that it's it's kind of this spur of the moment momentum thing for all the periphery the the names and and rule of course was. Hot and cold. I think you respect Rule, but there's some question marks also about Rule uh, from an inheritance standpoint. So how do you gauge the, uh, the the coaching buzz slash meter right now after today? Well, if winning, if winning your last game is a requirement to get the Nebraska job, that might be the only way the Huskers end up with a Kirby Smart or Nick Saban, um, which you have to wait a while, but probably, probably worth it. No, I mean, obviously, I think a lot, you know, it, it makes sense that a lot of those Big 12 guys in particular, I think, would be in the mix. Uh, they're familiar with kind of the region, the geography, however you want to put it. And you know, Campbell, Leipold, Aranda to a little bit of a lesser degree, but certainly climate, you know, they've proven themselves prior to this season. And I, I think the big 12 is really good right now. Yeah. Uh, it may not have kind of that signature standout playoff team right at the moment. Although this Oklahoma state TCU games making Oklahoma state look pretty close. Um, so the Big 12 is going to beat itself up. And honestly, like if, if that group of guys that we're talking about are in the mix for Nebraska, I think them scuttling a little bit in season only increases Nebraska's chances with any of them. You know, hmm. you look at that Leipold thing two weeks ago, and if you wanted to think he was the top candidate and Kansas is going to go 10-2, and two, it's a lot harder to leave than if Kansas ends up seven and five or six and six or whatever it may be. And I think that's the case for any of them. So this, this year for Iowa state with Campbell in particular was, you know, they had to replace a lot. They've lost close. The offense isn't doing a whole lot, but the defense might be the best defense in the big 12 at the moment. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got to do a lot of reading between the lines, I think, rather than the week to week kind of horse race, though the latter is much more fun. Vogues, do you think Trev has communicated to Mickey who he's targeting? I doubt it. Um, I'd be surprised, I guess, if, yeah. I think Trev has done a good job of being really, really supportive of of Mickey and keeping the focus on, and I'm not saying that wouldn't be supportive necessarily, but keeping the focus on, hey, you go worry about the games. Like, we got a chance here. I said it before, but really everything still is on the table for Nebraska. So let's go do our best with that. Um, It's really the best thing if Mickey is interested in this job full time. It's really the best thing he can do to to make make his case for that and and trev has to worry about the other piece of it that's that's his job and i'm sure that's all you know 
kept pretty well under wraps to this point you know i I do expect you know i don't know if we'll hear anything publicly but just having a bye week next week and we're getting into mid-october now you have to think some some things are going to start happening on that front at least behind closed doors brandon short term here uh, for mickey's job status a win tonight does what? A loss tonight does what? For, for just his prospects of getting this job full-time, can, can we look at this game in, in a vacuum in terms of what it does after after the results he's already had? Well, I mean, a, a win given the timing would, you know, probably provides a pretty decent boost because well, then you're in – well, you're, you're guaranteed to be guaranteed to be – in the same situation two weeks from now, because Illinois is also off next week, beat Minnesota today pretty impressively. So that's going to be a battle between two first place teams in the Big Ten West at Memorial Stadium if the Huskers win tonight. And um, you know, I, I kind of look at this. You know, when when Joseph was announced as the interim, I think he already had a decent amount of support from the fan base, but. I was like, there's probably like a 10% chance that he ends up being the head coach at the end of the year. And that was before I'd seen them do anything. Um, But if you think about it, 10% is probably better than any other coach in the country has, just when you consider how many guys are out there, who you can get, et cetera, et cetera. And it's gone up from there. Um, A lot of it depends on how things finish. You get a win tonight against Purdue, and then all of a sudden you get Illinois at home. Minnesota has already lost twice in in conference. And things are looking like, well, maybe Nebraska is going to have a shot in most of the games left. I have a harder time feeling that way if this one goes close to, you know, the 14-point spread that it sits at right now. Yeah, Brandon Vogel. I was just going to say, I think that's a great way of looking at today is like it's it's sort of a benchmarking game, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's it's not, you know, we, we know that Purdue is not a top 10 outfit. We know they're not bottom 10. They are just a solid program. <laughs> and you just want to see, like, is Nebraska also now a solid program? How close are they to being one of those? And that that's really what today's about. No, that, yeah, it's, that's a, it's that, a definer. That's a good way to put it. Absolutely a big-time definer. Quick quick note Vogue. here to make before we get Vogues out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CBS broadcast did, in fact, just put uh, Illinois' running back Chase Brown in their uh, their Heisman watch after his performance today against uh, Minnesota, which is He's, he's a player. If you would have told me, if you told me preseason that there would have been a player from Illinois in Heisman consideration, I would have called you crazy. I can't believe he's that great. dude's still there, too. Yeah. No, he's been there a while. He's been doing it a while. How many – Times as Vogel and I had to sit. We got we we see him every year in Indy or Chicago. <laughs> I see him every year in Indy or Chicago. I feel like I've included him as like one of the key players in the Hale Varsity yearbook for Illinois for well, basically since his freshman season. Mm-hmm. Wow. Forty-one yeah, rushes today for one hundred and eighty yards. Holy cow! Yeah, and Crookshank is somehow still at Rutgers too. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 Clifford still at Penn State. Yeah. The oh, all-decade team because they were there a decade, right? <laughs> right. Uh, Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogue, thanks for spending time with us. Uh, we'll check in again, and uh, we'll see how things shake out tonight with Nebraska-Purdue. Sounds good, guys. Enjoy the game. Thanks, too, Brandon. Buddy. There he is, Brandon Man. Vogel with us. They got a, One thing I noticed about Purdue also, they have a – their secondary is big, man. They got – they got a corner. I think it's Corey Trice. I believe his name is. Mm-hmm. He's dude. He's six three, almost two twenty. 
as a big corner, dude. Right? And then safety, they got you got some some size there too and some good experience. All right, that is Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, hour two on the way. Rewind coming up with Tom Dean Hart, Nebraska Purdue. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price. That means that you can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for 10 $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. The Hail Varsity Radio Saturday morning show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, Tail Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Let's get the lowdown on Purdue and the rest of the Big Ten. Tom Deanhard with us as he is writer and editor, blackandgold.com. You know him from Rivals and Yahoo Sports. Tom, big one in West Lafayette. How are we feeling? Yeah, it ought to be very interesting. Both teams obviously coming in with some momentum. Nebraska with two wins in a row, Purdue with three wins in a row. Both, uh, and of course, Purdue's last two wins came on the road as an underdog. So, again, uh, each team sitting atop the Big Ten West, along with Illinois. So the stakes stakes are pretty high Saturday night when these teams will face off. No, it's going to be a fun ball game. Where has Purdue grown? What 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 enabled them? Great win at, at Maryland, uh, and, and of course just stout defense against Minnesota. Where where and why have they jumped to where they're at since since Syracuse? Well, you know, getting Aiden O'Connell healthy has been a big part of it. Of course he uh, he got hurt in the Syracuse game on September seventeenth. He was hurt in the first quarter, believed to be a rib injury. He missed the next game. Purdue had to fight and crawl to get a twenty eight to twenty six win versus Florida Atlantic. And O'Connell started the last two games, and he still really isn't 100%. He's getting closer, though, guys. Minnesota, he was really off last weekend in Maryland. He was better. And, again, just given the, the, the function of time here, uh, he should be more healed up and more like his old self. And, boy, this offense needs a quarterback that can throw the ball downfield like O'Connell. So that's been the real key of late is just having him refine his groove. How how healthy is Purdue? You just mentioned O'Connell, right? And he's getting back to, to full strength. But you had Jones, you have uh, Downing, you're, you're running back, and of course your right tackle. Uh, how wounded is, is Purdue, or does it matter? Have, have the backups performed pretty well so far? Yeah, everybody's getting banged up at this time of year. Purdue will be without its top two running backs. You know, King Daru began the season as the number one back. He only played the first two games and has been out since with a calf injury. Not expected to play Saturday night. In his absence, Purdue had to turn to two walk-on running backs. One of those, Dylan Dowling, will be out Saturday with a foot injury. So Purdue will be down to Devin Mockaby, redshirt freshman, 
running back, a walk-on, who they, who they like a lot. He's been pretty productive. And, you know, uh, they've got a transfer from Central Michigan named Kobe Lewis, and they have Tyrone Tracy, the former Iowa wide receiver. They're going to use him more as a running back. Uh, so, again, that, that's sort of the situation that you talked about. You know, the offensive line, they lost their second right tackle to a season in an injury. Depth's getting real thin there. They only have six linemen they really trust to play, so they can't afford much more attrition there. And honestly, defensively, um, they should be in pretty good shape. They got Jalen Graham back last week, their best defensive player, and missed four games. So that was a big boost to that defense. So by and large, for this being the seventh game, Purdue isn't in terrible shape. Tom, tell me a little bit about the mood surrounding this this Purdue football team right now. Because with Nebraska, it was a case of everything that could go wrong did go wrong early in the season. But now Husker fans are looking at the Big Ten West saying, well, Nebraska's tied for the lead in the Big Ten West. And maybe this game on Saturday is an elimination game for, for who is going to still be in contention for a Big Ten West crown. Can you tell me what the mood is like around this Purdue football team? Are they thinking about that game in the same way? Oh, no doubt. And that Big Ten West, like you said, looks like it's wide open. Iowa and Wisconsin already have two league losses, I believe, and um, talked about Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois all being tied at the top. You know, we can scratch Northwestern, I think. So, And then there's Minnesota, too, with the one league loss. They were off last week. They have a big game this weekend at, at Illinois. It's going to be fascinating. So, yeah, it's, I mean, again, you, you could stand in front of the, the masses and make a case for or four or five of these teams to win the West and not get laughed off the stage. So, yeah, both Nebraska and Purdue certainly have to think at this point, mid-October, that they have as good a chance as anybody to win that West. So it's going to be fun to watch this this whole race play out. Tom Deanhart with us, Hale Varsity Radio, goldenblack.com is where you read Tom Deanhart at, Tom Deanhart1. It's where you follow him on Twitter. What's your take on Nebraska? You've always kept an eye on Lincoln. You've come to Lincoln every year. You've even been for a few spring games. I know you like steak, bud. <laughs> but, but some of the football's been tough to watch. So what do you think of Mickey so far in this interim role? You know, I give him credit. Not an easy situation. And uh, that program looked like it was circling the drain fast. Uh, and uh, then he gets the job, and, and they get hammered by Oklahoma. Then he has to fire the defensive coordinator. But they've rallied, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they got the two wins. I know Indiana and Rutgers aren't exactly juggernauts, but still, a win is a win, and, and, and you, you got to give Nebraska credit for keeping things together. And that, that defense under Bill Bush is playing a lot better as well. Just, just kind of sounds like they simplified things, and they're tackling better as well. I know they've got their warts. Secondary's got some issues. The offensive line, the tackle spot. Uh, I know overall the defense still looks like it's vulnerable, but I give Nebraska credit for keeping this thing on track when it really could have gone off the rails by the end of, of, of September, you know. So still a long season to go, and who knows? I mean, you guys watch football like I do. Crazy things happen every Saturday. I know they're about a 13-point underdog here in ross Stadium, but like I said, that the things, things fall crazy for the Huskers and against Purdue. Maybe they can walk out here with a W. That's my question here is let's let's flip it around what what's got to happen where where's Purdue vulnerable Nebraska's just been so choppy on the offensive line they've got some dudes you know running back yeah. and at wide out and Casey's been been a gamer and the defense is better but where what scares you about Nebraska matchup wise against Purdue and flip it around what what's 
what's dangerous for Nebraska as they head in with Purdue. Yeah, Nebraska's got that big three on offense, right? Trey Palmer from LSU and Anthony Grant from Florida State, uh, J.C. Uh, Kidd, and, of course, Casey Thompson mm-hmm. from Texas. They can do some damage. Uh, Purdue has been vulnerable in the past game. Teams have hit big passes against them. At times, the DBs struggle to cover. They get grabbed. They get PIs. So that's been one issue for them. But the one thing they've done really well all year on defense is stop the run. So uh, they've yet to allow a 100-yard rusher this year. They're the only Big Ten team that's allowed just one run of over 20 yards. So they don't get gassed with big plays in the ground game either. So here comes Anthony Grant. I know he's number four in the Big Ten in rushing. He'll be the next challenge. So, um, again, I think if, if you're going to get Purdue, you got to probably try to pass the ball, hit some plays downfield. Now, I will say this. The last two weeks, guys, Bruce had six turnovers combined, three against Minnesota three against Maryland. And here's, here's what's incredible. Of those six turnovers, the opposing teams only scored three points. Wow. So the defense has really responded to those sudden changes, too. Uh, and, you know, I guess if, you, if you're a Nebraska fan for, if you, and you're playing Purdue's offense, you always got to worry about the pass, right? Mm-hmm. Most teams are playing Purdue too deep, trying to keep things in front of them. No big pass plays. Make Purdue be patient. Take the underneath stuff and dare Purdue to run the football. So, I imagine Nebraska will take a similar tact. Uh, the run game is always very pedestrian, but if you're going to dare Purdue to run, they will take their chances and try to set their play action up. So um, they've got some playmakers. Watch Charlie Jones, number 15, the former Iowa receiver. He's not 100% either, though, guys. He rarely practices. Uh, last three games, he really hasn't shined. Uh, he's looking for a breakout, and he's a guy that if he gets behind you, he can go the distance. Tom Deanhart is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Tom, quickly, I was just going to say that the, the best way to beat this Nebraska team is A, win the turnover battle, and B, get after Casey Thompson. So I want to ask about Purdue's pass rush. How are they doing since losing a guy like George Karloftis to the draft? He, he was a phenomenal talent last year, gave Nebraska a lot of problems. Well, what does Purdue have in that pass rush this year that, that Nebraska fans should be looking out for? No Karloftis, that's for sure. Just a lot of capable bodies. That's the strength of the defense. Um, they go about 10, 12 deep. They keep bodies fresh. They rotate a lot. Keeps them good in the second half. Uh, they got a couple guys emerging as pass rushers. Watch number 96, Corday Sidner, redshirt freshman at two sacks last week. He looks like he could be a cut above. And the other end, number 44, Kydron Jenkins, probably is their best pass rusher. But again, nobody's really stepped up as being that wow guy. Those are two players to watch who could maybe develop into that type of a difference maker. The pass rush has gotten better week by week, and they, they don't always get the sacks, but, but I know they, they like the pressures they get to try to impact the quarterbacks, and it's getting better week by week. Tom Deanhart covers Purdue for Rivals, and uh, follow him on Twitter at Tom Deanhart1, goldenblack.com. So is there going to be a, a little sadness with no frost on the sideline for Coach Brom? <laughs> I don't know about that. It's crazy. I was thinking this is Brom's sixth year, and this would be the third Nebraska coach he's faced off against. If you remember 2017, Jeff's first year, Mike Riley was the coach. Mm-hmm. And they actually came here, and when Nebraska won on like the last play of the game, it was a wild game. And uh, in 2019, Purdue had a comeback. That was an Aiden O'Connell comeback. He came off the bench. One of our first glimpses of him. No idea he would develop into what he has developed. And then 2020, Nebraska was in West Lafayette, a COVID game. Nobody was in the stands. Us got out of here with a W. So it's been a fun, competitive series, at least the last 
five to six years. Oh, they've always been pretty crazy ball games, a lot of points. Purdue's been great at Memorial Stadium. I mean, they've had a couple of touchdown wins, or or last year they, they picked off Adrian four times, and it's been uh, the inability for Nebraska in, in Ross Aid to, to hang on, except for the, the Riley game and, of course, the the uh, the COVID year, but it, it's been a real struggle for Nebraska. I just know that there was a little fi- a little extra fire uh, with the former head coach here for for Purdue when they face him. That was a feel, anyway, Tom. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd love to see those guys square off in a little uh, a little uh, boxing match. Uh, two 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 tough guys uh, who give no quarter to anybody. So you know what, Nebraska's coming into town. They, they've got nothing to lose, right? Mm-hmm. And they've got absolutely nothing to lose. To me, I think they're still playing with house money at this point. So you can have, you can let it let let loose a little bit, have some fun, and play pressure free through the Huskers. I think the pressure is on Purdue as a double digit home underdog, even though Nebraska's won two in a row. Sometimes that's a nice place to be. Uh, so for again, Nebraska, like I said, it's just it's just nice for the fan base to see Mickey kind of rally the troops there, keep that that like I said that program on track. And still relevant here as, as we get to the midway point of, of October. Tom, last thought here, about 15 seconds. As a guy who covers Purdue, how does that 14-point line strike you? Seems a little high to me. I thought maybe 10. We'll see where we end up come kickoff on Saturday. Um, I'm not sure if Purdue's 13 to 14 points better than Nebraska. Um, Vegas always knows a heck of a lot more than I do, though. <laughs> but we'll, 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 like, we'll see if this gets bedded down at all. Tom, take care, bud. Thanks for the insight, as always. All right, be good, fellas. Like what you hear? High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then... Two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with you, weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. Pre-game, Nebraska-Purdue. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we heard the rewind there with Tom Deanhart from Rivals. Purdue insider, friend of the show for a lot of years. Uh, Cranach and Elijah, the, the ribs are now sauced. <sighs> We've we've got an apricot apricot glaze. We got a little sriracha spice, and then we just have some smoky good old. Um, oh, hold on a minute, the German Shepherd just broke in. Okay, uh, the pups are in in here. So we we've got the the ribs sauced. The short ribs are in the oven, just good. warming, resting. It's uh, it's an incredible day to be home for football. Yeah, congratulations on that. That's really good. It's, you know, makes for good radio, too. I wish you could just, like, share it over the airwaves with all of us, you know? Well, are you you giving me the middle finger that it doesn't make good radio? 
Well, I'm actually just kind of jealous and hungry. <laughs> well, I'm brother, kind of getting I mean, angry the, at it too. Let's, uh, let's the, the, the invites there, bring Papa Bear down. Here, and, and here's the thing. If there's anything I know about like Husker fans, it's that you're always waiting for that next good recipe. Sometimes you just need that, that spark of inspiration going, well, Shmi's doing with Sriracha. Like I've never done Sriracha ribs before. Like I'll try well, that. So somebody that, out didn't... there heard this and is going like, you know what? That's a good idea. It, it's really spicy. Let's bring in the Iron Horse, the Barry White of Nebraska analysis. We we hope he's doing all right. Gary Sharp with us. Sharpie, uh, how you feeling, man? How's the voice? Well, I feel fine. I just have a cold that has affected my voice, so I sound like either Kermit the Frog or who knows what I sound like. <laughs> you sound a little like you sound a little upset, sort of, right? Like a little desperate. That's sort of what it sounds like. Really. All right. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't be upset, Gary. What are you upset about? Share with us. Well, I'm upset that we never get an invite to Schmitty's. Right. <laughs> no, brother, the, the invite's standing always for all of you. You know that. You know that. Um, well, enter at your own risk. The German Shepherd's <laughs> on the loose. <laughs> She's pacing around. She smells all this food. I'm really uh, happy and, that you started qualifying her as the German Shepherd instead of just the German. Like, wow. You know, I don't know how many people have been listening to confuse, like, what is going on over at the Schmidt household? Yeah, well, was but, it was it was it over when the Germans invaded Schmidt's room? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> Forget it. He's rolling. How how uh, to to go with that that Animal House triumphant speech that Bluto gave? <laughs> it's kind of a big moment. Isn't it, Sharpie? Big game, big moment. They're all big, but tr- truly, I mean, there there is some surprise to this point in the season that it's still meaningful. That's good on the kids. That's good on Mickey. But uh, there's a lot that can be taken from tonight if you go find a way, Sharpie. Well, I think so. You know, you've you've beaten two teams that you were expected to beat, according to Vegas. Now you're. A touch, two touchdown underdog against a team that I think Purdue is good, but how good are they? And they always have that one hiccup along the way. Is tonight in a huge game at home for them? But I will, you know, in a month that Mickey's been on the job, isn't it amazing, guys? Like Nebraska football has become likable again. You know, I'm not saying people didn't like the players, but people just had a negative tone towards Nebraska football. And in a month, even at two and one. It's like likable. People are engaged. I mean, you know, if, if in the offseason we were all pointing to this game as kind of a turning point. Well, it is. It's a turning point for the uh, the season. But I, I think the thing with Nebraska is, you know, they're they're just playing they're playing football 101. They went back to the basics and they started over at point A to get to point B. Where I think when we break down this whole season, we're going to look and say in the month of August to prepare for the season and even leading up to camp. Frost was in such a desperation mode to win that first game, to get off to a great start, that he skipped plan B. He got to A, and then he tried to immediately go to C. And they've gone back, and they're starting to build back up again. And I think you're seeing the direct benefit of internally players and how they feel about the program, how they feel about themselves. And I just think the way they play. I don't think they'll crack tonight, but they're going to face some adversity that they have not faced on the level of the last two weeks, even down to touchdowns last week. So they're going to have to stick in there, and I think they will. It's just, is this going to be a game where it becomes
becomes a X's and O's and talent on talent. And that's where Nebraska, regardless if Scott Frost is coaching or Mickey Joseph is coaching, there's areas which they are deficient in that they're not going to be able to overcome. Gary Sharp is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Gary, the last two weeks, I, I think if, you, if you're to just point at one thing, the amount of penetration and havoc that the defensive line is cause, causing, in particular, and even linebackers uh, blitzing, I, I haven't seen that in quite a while at Nebraska. What I don't know is whether or not those are, it's because of the opponent the opponents that they face, or is it just a switch in mentality, switch in scheme, or whatever, because the quarterbacks were getting absolutely hammered and harassed second half of both of those games thanks to kind of a rejuvenated approach on defense. Is that permanent? Will we see that tonight, or was that just the opponents? You know what? I, I think that's a fair question, Mark. And I think it also has to do with they feel a lot better on the back end where their safeties have come along. You know, they might be finding some cornerbacks. I'm worried about Newsom not being able to go full gold tonight. Um, but look at how they're changed. They've got the cornerbacks up playing tight on wide receivers. Yep. Uh, safeties aren't having to come from a long way to make a tackle. So they're more confident in the back end. And I think when you're more confident in the back end, you can do some stuff up front where you can create havoc. But you're absolutely right. You look at their havoc plays the last two weeks, they have caused issues. And you know, the second half, they pitch shutouts back-to-back. But they're getting to the quarterback, not necessarily the sack, but they're, they're creating havoc. And you know what? There are, there are very few clean pockets. Now, they're going to face maybe next to J.J. McCarthy, the best quarterback that they're going to face all season long. And he's a guy that's a pro quarterback, so he's seen a lot of stuff. This will be the game tonight where maybe you don't create havoc by getting to O'Connell, but instead – you create havoc because you keep things in front and you're able to make open field tackles. Gary, well, what's the impact on this defense, uh, on the, the status of guys like Luke Reimer and Quentin Newsom? Those are the two big names I think of, of guys that are probably going to be game-time decisions tonight. If those guys can't go, and I don't have any insight yet uh, as to what those guys' status is, well, what do you think it does to this defense? Well, I think with Luke Reimer, you're in trouble because you look at this change on defense – Luke Reimer looks like an entirely different player in 22 than he did in the previous, you know, four games. He looks more explosive. He looks more confident. Um, he's moving side to side better. He's a guy that can erase some things for you, and he's a quarterback out there on defense. So if you don't have him, then that worries me a little bit because this is the night where they're going to have to be really disciplined. The eyes are going to have to be good because they're going to run some mesh routes. They're going to run some crossing routes. They're going to do some things that Nebraska is not able to replicate in practice because Jeff Brom will dial up basically anything. So you need a guy like Reimer on the field to get everybody aligned properly, but also then to play his position and make plays. Like, this would be a night that if Reimer does play, this would be a night where Luke Reimer has 15 tackles. But if he doesn't play, that's a worry, and you know that Brom will pick on whoever is in that spot. May it be Kalarvik or Clements or whoever may fill that role. Gary Sharp with us, weekend edition. We're previewing Nebraska-Purdue. Kickoff at 6.30, BTN. And uh, Gary Sharp with us, uh, gutting it out. Gary, do you worry about the environment? Nebraska's been to Ireland. They've been to a, air quote, blackout. Not at Elijah's house, but this was uh, at, at Piscataway. And now you're, you're in West Lafayette. They, they've been really good, dude. Uh, at home against the Ohio States and Iowa's when they've come in. Nebraska not clearly at that level. 
but it's a big game and it's been sold out. Can Nebraska? Do you worry about uh, the the adversity, the crowd, uh, the road show, so to speak, for Nebraska tonight? I, I don't, Smitty, because I, you know I don't think, even though it's a legitimate sellout and it's mm-hmm. quite the atmosphere, I think Nebraska will be able to handle that. What I am very curious to see is in that atmosphere when they fall behind seven. 10 and they fall behind 14 how do they react um do they say all right we got a full 60 minutes to play let's just hang in there well we're not going to get everything back at once or do they get off schedule a little bit and try and make that big play that's the part of the atmosphere that worries me when purdue has a lead because we have as you alluded to some of the better teams in the brown era that have come in there that are really ranked that purdue gets ahead and then teams start to press and Purdue is able to create a turnover, a pick six, special teams play. And the next thing you know, you're down from seven, and you look up and you're down 21. Gary Sharp with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know what I can't get a read on? I want yours, Gary. Hmm. Does, does Mickey 100% definitely want the head coaching job at Nebraska? Does he, like, does he really want that? Do you know? Um. I would tell you that I think at the beginning, I would say no. But I think as time has gone along, um, I think his opinion has changed. Now, I'm not 100% certain, and that is an absolutely great and fair question mark. I'm not fully in that Vicky wants to be the head coach, but I think as the weeks have gone on, I think he's started to become more comfortable in the role of the head coach and what it takes but I, I said this earlier this week on my show. There are things that are happening right now inside of that program that are not only for the 22 bunch to move this team from week to week, but it's almost setting up for 23, like some cultural things that they're doing for guys that are coming back next year where they're trying to get things in place for 23. So, I don't know. I, I've also continued to say you don't have to hire coach on October 15th. You let it play out. Mickey's got this great opportunity, but on this Saturday, it's all about getting this football team to 1-0, and well, I, I don't know. Some days I just think Mickey wants it, and then there's other days that I think that Mickey, whatever happens, just wants to be part of Nebraska football and what happens to Nebraska football to get it out of the doldrums that it's been Gary Sharp's with us here on a Saturday weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. And Gary, I asked the same question to Brandon. I'm going to just rephrase it, ask it back to you. Do you think that that tonight's result matters in the long-term scheme of of Mickey's audition to be a a head coach here at Nebraska full-time? I mean, Uh, it's a tough tough thing to ask when you look at the, 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 the schedule moving forward. But, like, just in a vacuum, does tonight's game matter all that much? Uh, it matters. It's part of the evaluation of the eight games that he's been given, Elijah. But I'm not a one-game referendum person. Now, they could win tonight, and there's going to be a huge clamoring for Mickey to be the next head coach here. There is no doubt about that. If they lose, you know, now you will probably, in a bye week, the hot boards are going to come back out. I think we all just need to, to relax, take the emotion out of it, look at how this program is a month later. And that's kind of how you evaluate Mickey. And then other candidates that are going to be mentioned, because Nebraska deserves a national search. Mickey said it himself. It's going on. You know, we're all going to play that game of comparing that candidate to Mickey, but you got to take the emotion out of it. And I don't think win or lose tonight, it means, hey, Mickey's the guy or he's not the guy. I think it's all part of 
the evaluation process to see the evaluation and the evolution of Mickey Joseph in that role. Few minutes here, Gary Sharp with this weekend edition of Tale Varsity Radio preview with Nebraska Purdue. Sharpie, we've talked about a, a lot this week, right? How does Nebraska's O line hold up? Can Casey get protected? Does General Grant have some running lanes? That's all on the offensive side. Have you settled yet with with where you feel Nebraska's defense can take advantage tonight? Do you think they can have a say in in getting out? of West Lafayette uh, with a with a shocking win. I love this stat that was on Twitter this week and the last time Nebraska won outright as a as a underdog the uh, it was 2005. It was Boulder. It was a 17 and a half point dog to uh, to that buff team that that won the uh, the Big 12. About screwed up and said Big 10. Big 12 uh, North. And then they went and got uh, annihilated by by uh, Texas and, and Vince Young, so it's been uh, it's been a minute <laughs> since Nebraska's went and won outright as a double digit upset special. They're thirteen and a half to fourteen now. Uh, defense plays how big a part in this equation tonight? Well, I I think the offense has to score twenty eight to win. So okay. you can do the math. Um, you, you maybe yeah, you got to hope that for you which has been penalty prone, continues to be that way. But they also lay the ball on the on the carpet. Um, they have fumbled the ball. O'Connell's not going to make bad throws or put his team in a bad situation. But I think when, if he does, this is the kind of night, guys, we can't be saying at 10 o'clock tonight, we're going to have a chance at a couple of interceptions. If you have a chance to pick off the ball tonight, you have to pick off the ball. You can't let O'Connell live for another down if he makes a mistake. I'm more concerned about the offense. I think you'll see the same game plan that they had against Rutgers, because I don't think mm-hmm. Nebraska can run the football. So I think it's going to be a lot of quick game. I think it's going to be stuff out of the sidelines. I think an Anthony Grant night looks like 20 carries, 7 catches. And then I wonder how much they they look at Trey Palmer deep, you know, 20-plus yards. They targeted him a little bit. That's the play for him to try and make a big play. But first and foremost, well, while you asked about the defense, I'm kind of shifting it back to the offense because – They've got to keep Casey Thompson upright. Casey Thompson cannot take a lot of hits tonight. So I think Bull is going to be in a situation where he's going to have to design a lot of quick games. A lot of three-step drop, boom, the ball is out immediately. Which means, you know, Nebraska offensively, they're going to have to be pretty sound to play this game. This is, this is, a, this is the toughest game Nebraska's played this year. Um, they're going to have to play about as good as they've played throughout the entire course of the season or for bits and pieces over the last couple of weeks. Um, but I think also Purdue wants to know more about themselves. You know, they could be 6-0, but they're in a situation where everybody expects them to win tonight. So how do they react with all of that being told to them all week long? Gary Sharp with this Hale Varsity Radio uh, weekend edition. Man, you mentioned the same game plan as against Rutgers, and that just worries me because man, <laughs> Thompson got – Thompson just – I mean, there were people in his face the whole time. Like – do you, do you think they start rolling them out? Do you, do you think you keep extra backs in for protection, tight ends? You, you just can't keep doing what you've been doing the last two weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. No, and, I, and I, I think the way that Nebraska has to throw the ball is that extra protection. You know, an extra tight end or a running back. Um, you know, and I would like to see them roll them out. I mean, he has been able to do that. Um, I think he's had success. I think he's getting more comfortable doing that. Um, so tonight, yeah, tonight is like the, the roulette wheel for 
through Whipple. He's got to be able to use everything. But I think what really, really is unfortunate is for them to be able to complete those long routes, they're going to need to keep a tight end home. They're going to need a running back in there to block um, because I just don't see Nebraska being able to win the football. This is something Purdue does really, really well. They haven't given up a 100-yard rush for this year. Four of the six teams they've played have held up their 100 yards. So I think Nebraska's going to have to be really, really creative. This also feels like a game, guys. If Nebraska's able to win, they got some special teams play, whether they blocked a kick, whether they hit a couple of big, long field goals, whether they had a big return, something like that. I think they're going to need that as well tonight if it's going to be in the left-hand column of the win-loss record. Gary, I need to get a juju read for you from tonight. There's there's a couple different ways you can go with this. It's a game at Purdue, at Ross Aid, at night. That usually means bad juju for the visiting team. But we're also 15 years to the day from the firing of Steve Peterson and five years to the day since the hiring of Bill Moose. Just a lot of juju in the air today. What is your read? Is it good juju or is it bad juju? Well, I want everybody to know that when Steve Peterson was hired, there were a lot of people that said, hey, he's a guy, it's going to be great. I might have been one of the rare people, and I was in a weird spot because I was hosting his radio show. I didn't think it would work out. It didn't work out. It is kind of peculiar that these two anniversaries, so to speak, uh, line up. But through it all, as we've seen from Peterson to T.O. to Icos to Moose, Nebraska's got it right with the athletic director. They've got a guy who I think is going to move it forward and, most importantly, find the fix for football. Um, not that Moose didn't. Moose came in here and they said, hey, you got to hire Scott Frost. He did. But I think through 15 years ago, through Bill Moose five years ago, I think people are more comfortable with running the show in the power chair than they've ever been at Nebraska. And so that's, that's a comforting feeling. Um, but, man, Nebraska really have to be put in this situation where you've had 15 years of kind of wandering through the Sahara trying to find a perfect solution up top that fits with the football coach that is down on the field. Your answer is a little political. You didn't get into the juju. Are you a juju non-believer? I am a Juju Smith-Schuster guy, and I hope <laughs> he has a monster game tomorrow. Like well, true Buffalo and Kansas City on, on Sharpie's <laughs> mind for sure. I know that. Uh, speaking of anniversaries, it is 15 and 15. It is five years to the day we moved into this house. Hmm. Oh, wow. So, wow. Look at that. Yeah, it was the short ribs. You got the short ribs. Well, it was the it was the uh, the um, Ohio State weekend where they came in in 2017 and Nebraska couldn't. They tried to go back into the tunnel, right? But the gates were locked. Yeah, it it, it was that that weekend that game. Uh, Gary Sharp, a couple more minutes, and Sharpie will let you get out. But good point on on the offense needing to, to to make a stand and special teams. What do you make of the West, bud? I mean, you look at, at Illinois and the pig farmer, and, man, they just keep doing their thing. Big win today. Minnesota seems vulnerable. Two losses in their last three for, for Fleck. Um, and it just keeps ramping up because this schedule is pretty enjoyable moving forward, not just for Nebraska with big games and big moments, but you look at Illinois and, uh, and uh, of course, Wisconsin. We'll see where they're at. Well, hasn't, you know, I'm a little bit surprised on Minnesota because I, I thought fully healthy that they would have favored in the West. But Illinois exposed Tanner Morgan today. And, you know, Illinois with Bielema in year number two, they look like Wisconsin's Bielema teams. They yes. play great defense. 
they stop the run, and they have a really good running back, and they don't need a super dynamic quarterback. They just need a quarterback that does not hurt you. And, man, they're, they're scary. That game in a couple of weeks in Lincoln, and who knows, you know, if Nebraska wins tonight, boy, that game takes on a, uh, all kinds of importance. But who would have thought Bielema in year number two would be 2-0 and against Fleck, and this year have gone to Wisconsin and won, one of whom back-to-back weeks over Iowa and Minnesota rattle off three straight wins against the perceived in the preseason, the three top teams in the West. Even that's scary. Um, I just, I'm watching football today, guys, and I'm thinking when Mike Riley was hired, when Bo Pelini was hired, or even Scott Frost was hired, man, there was a Mike Gundy and a Brett Bielema that those names were mentioned. Look what they're doing at the respective schools right now, and look what they're doing today in big profile games. Mm-hmm. Gary, speaking of that, Gary, who let, let's okay. You can't say Leipold or you can't say um, Campbell or Randa. Like none of the usual suspects here. Who, who do you like for Nebraska to hire that probably won't happen, but you would really like it? I'm going to go with Mike Tomlin as the Steelers continue to struggle. Um, I will give you a name that I don't think um, is like oh, there's no chance. That I'm very curious. I'm going to give you a name, guys. Uh, David, David Shaw. Hmm. Did, well, so didn't he just have the halo effect of what Harbaugh left him, and then he, he, he did well maintaining that for a while, and then once that kind of wore off, they have, you know. But he's got to recruit to Stanford, too, with their academic requirements. Let's Harbaugh. Yeah, so but, yeah, but you got Andrew Luck and you got great NFL offensive linemen. I mean, they've well, been me, they've been bad, add, Sharpie, for the last me, three let me, years. Let me let me add some about David Shaw. Is yeah, they haven't been good of late, and they completely changed their offense, and it doesn't match their offensive line. But I don't know if there's another program in America that was hurt by their own restrictions than Stanford during the COVID year, and I think hmm. that's really set them back. Um, and so Sean's trying to fight through that. But I, he's, a, he's a name that people that I know, guys, that are trying to piece together things, they keep saying, what do you think about David Shaw? And I start thinking, man, there's way too many people that have asked me about David Shaw that I trust their opinion in the business that, you know, maybe he is a secret candidate for Nebraska. But I have said that there might be a surprising pick out there. If it's not if it's not Mickey Johnson, it may be a surprising pick that you don't expect because that falls under a little bit of the track record of Trev and his hires. What if Nebraska goes back to UCF and goes and plugs Gus Malzahn? It didn't work out with Scott, um, but you look at Tennessee. Heupel's worked out well for Tennessee. Does Nebraska go back to Central Florida? What if they would have gone back to Central Florida and grabbed Heupel two years ago? <laughs> well, I'm going to throw out two names, Sharpie. Pat Fitzgerald, I know they got a stadium going up, but has he done as much as he can do there? And I'm not saying Zach Taylor's fireable, but Zach's having a, you know, kind of a a super, the the team's having a Super Bowl hangover, and Cincinnati's cheap, bro. They don't pay anybody. And I know that he's been in the NFL, but... uh, you know, Zach's a guy that 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 would be 
a great get. Got to go get another former Husker quarterback. He's continuing well, the trade. Well, and I don't mean to go th- that route, but I'm just saying, you know, Zach seems like a dream right now, but because of his NFL, or is it just a stupid take? Stupid question. No, and, and I agree with you on Fitz. And you and I have talked about this before. I think Fitzgerald um, loves Nebraska, and he would be someone that you could sell even the last few years. Uh, my issue with Zach Taylor is, is he getting fired by the Bengals? Because if not, do you see when the NFL season ends? Mm-hmm. No, I get yeah, you. That, the timing would be the only thing. And sometimes guys that are in the NFL, they really liked it in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but 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 I'm not discounting it because Zach Taylor inquired about being on Frost's original staff at Nebraska. Hmm. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> I, I just think I think Trev's going to back up the Brinks truck, though. I think I think Nebraska is going to swing pretty high. I'm sure there are guys that we're not even talking about that. We'll be like, hey. $40 trillion a year. What do you think? Belichick. You know, say no. So are you guys, um, it's not Mickey's job, period? I think, I think Mickey's in the loop with Trev as far as where Trev's looking or um, what, what, Mickey needs to do to keep it. I, I think Trev's been very transparent with Mickey, and I think Mickey's probably gotten a little more in tune with being the head coach versus doing a solid for the program. Um, I think Mickey can be happy recruiting, getting paid a buttload of money, and and being you know like the number two and and a wide receiver coach. He's good enough to be the number one. I'm not saying that. I think he's absolutely good enough to be head coach. Well, we but don't know Trev that wants, really yet. Huh? Well, well I mean, there's there's all these other names that are out there, though, that, I mean, they're just not having great seasons, right? So I think there's the, the, the mindset of, well, let's give him a shot. And I know Nebraska's not in position to do that, but people love how this team's fighting and playing, right? They love... They love the attitude and, and body language of this football team, and, and they've won, actually, some close ball games. So, Sharpie, I think that Trev's still keeping this thing open right now. I mean, Mickey's got to really, really, really uh, pretty much went out with the exception of maybe one misstep here to solidify it. That's my Well, well and I, I think, guys, I, again, kind of on the line of a surprising pick, you never know who might say, Hey, uh, Bob, Bob, my agent, you look into that Nebraska job, and Bob looks at his client and goes, you've got a really good gig. And he's like, yeah, but I don't get along with my administration. Right. I might be looking to get out. Um, that's Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly. We never expected that to happen. I'm not saying that's going to happen in Nebraska, but you never know. That's one of those things about a long-term search is somebody that may not be interested gives your job a second look. But I also mm-hmm. think on the other end with Mickey, because Arizona State's doing the same thing, Georgia Tech is doing the same thing, is, and Wisconsin's absolutely doing this, you give a tryout to somebody that's on staff that you respect, and you give them a long look to make sure that what you have is not better than something you can go get. Right. Um, and I think that's kind of what's going on now. But Trev is good enough. He understands it. Mickey understands it. You've got to balance both. you got a guy that is coaching the 22 team, 
that, that is definitely 23 no matter what, but what role is going to have in 23. And I've got to do whatever in my power to make sure that the right person is running the football program in 23 to make up for from 22. Gary Sharp with us, Iron Horse Weekend Edition. Sharpie, uh, get uh, healed up, brother. Thanks for the time today. Hey, thanks, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. You too. Good for good from Gary Sharp. Big thanks to Brandon Vogel, Tom Deanhart, and uh, Connor Clark, Elijah Herbal. Cranack, be good. These ribs will taste phenomenal. I'll save you a heated plate. We'll be back for Real Red Reaction following Nebraska-Purdue on ESPN Lincoln, ESPNLincoln.com. See you. A Huda Media Production.